Welcome to our Two Cents with MBA. I'm Lori Bruce, Communications Director for the Missouri Bankers Association. In this episode, MBA's government relations staff joins us to share an overview of the state legislative session that concluded in mid-May. David Kent and Emily Lewis share how the atmosphere in the Missouri General Assembly affected MBA's legislative priorities and how bankers played a significant role in our advocacy efforts this session. David and Emily also provide an update on the August primaries and what bankers can do in speaking with lawmakers and candidates in their districts. Welcome to Our Two Cents with MBA. Joining us today are two members of MBA's legislative team, David Kent and Emily Lewis. David, Emily, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Lori. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it. Well, let's just jump right into it here. Um, the end of the session. It was quite a year in the Missouri General Assembly as it came to a close. Um, how would you two describe this past legislative session? Yeah, thanks, Lori. Um, certainly plenty of adjectives that can be used to describe this year's session. The, the one word that I would go with, obviously, is, is the dysfunction that was over on the Senate side in particular, uh, and, and really the the inability to to move things forward and what we're talking about mainly is uh, the redistricting, the congressional redistricting maps uh, and also uh, there was some concern with the budget process whether they would even be able to accomplish uh, the budget uh, fortunately they got both of those things done uh, towards the end of the session in fact the last bill up this year over on the Senate side was the congressional redistricting map, um, which they brought up and passed on a Thursday evening about oh, 8 or 8.30. And then uh, as soon as they were done with that, they they adjourned for the year. So there were about 2,400 bills filed this year on, in both the House and the Senate. And of those, only 41 bills that were non-budget, uh, 41 policy bills were actually passed. Um, quite a few of those did have multiple measures in them, but that's still a, a, a very low number compared to previous previous sessions. Um, you know, it's it, sometimes uh, the Republican leadership kind of hangs their hat on a low number of bills filed, but um, there were quite a few priorities this year on, on the list of a lot of folks that didn't make it through. Well, that kind of takes me to what MBA's um, priorities were for this coming year. Can you tell me a little bit about what MBA's goals were at the start of the legislation, legislative session and how that evolved as the session progressed? Yeah, we had two what we would consider priority bills uh, for the MBA. Uh, one would be a, a felony penalty provision for uh, quote unquote ATM smash and grab crimes and this is this happens whenever you know they they steal a, a heavy equipment or a large truck and they tie a, a tow chain around the the ATM machine, rip the machine out, and then uh, empty out the uh, the compartments uh, that are full of cash. And we've seen an uptick in that particular crime over the last uh, couple of years. In fact, going back doing some uh, st- statistical analysis through the Highway Patrol, we were able to calculate that. Uh, two or three years ago, there were about two of these incidences and then um, closer to 30 uh, last year. So um, we really wanted to focus in on creating a, a very specific penalty provision for this type of crime. Um, we did have some success moving that through the House. Um, in fact, we passed it on multiple bills that uh, moved through the House. Uh, and unfortunately, we just we came up just a bit short over on the Senate side. We couldn't get it out of the Senate. We were the second to last bill. Uh, we had our, the ATM language on the second to last bill that came up over on the Senate side. 
And unfortunately, due to some miscommunication between leadership and the, the person, the individual handling that particular bill, he thought he had some more time to be able to take it to, to conference committee, work out some of the differences in the language between the House and Senate side, unrelated to the ATM provision, just some, some other provisions that were included in the bill. Um, and uh, as soon as that bill was sent to conference, they brought up the redistricting map. And as I'd stated before, um, unfortunately, they decided to, to shut down after they passed the, the new congressional maps. Uh, our other uh, priority provision was the uh, what we call state level ECORA, Enhancing Credit Opportunities for Rural America Act. This is modeled after federal legislation. Uh, essentially, it's a, a tax exemption for banks uh, on uh, rural properties and ag real estate with the intent that that savings uh, on the tax exemption be passed through to customers in the form of, of lower interest rates. We knew going into the session that uh, it would be a bit of an uphill climb with that bill. Uh, Kansas passed something similar um, uh, uh, last year, it took them three years to, to uh, move that bill and get it signed by the governor. Um, so we knew we had a, a bit of an uphill climb with some opposition. Uh, and our goal really this year uh, was to educate our lawmakers about the importance of the bill as well as to neutralize uh, the, the opposition. And we're happy to report that we did have a hearing in that bill in the House uh, and uh, the only opposition to uh, that testified was the Credit Union Association, um, Heartland Credit Union Association, who they, uh, they have membership in both Kansas and Missouri. And their argument was was fairly simple, was that if banks are getting a tax exemption, then credit unions um, should be able to expand their field of membership to be able to serve rural communities. Uh, it was a very similar argument that they made in Kansas. Um, they successfully in Kansas were able to get their field of membership expanded. Uh, I, I don't believe that we, uh, the Missouri Bankers Association, will ever want to go down that road uh, and accept a field of membership expansion for credit unions. Um, but uh, that's the argument that they're going to make probably going into next year as well for next session. So just want everyone to be aware that um, that is going to be a topic of discussion. Uh, it was this last session and it probably will be uh, for next session as well. So we are prepared and ready and uh, we'll make sure our bankers and our target bankers are prepared and ready to discuss that with legislators um, next session. David, you bring up a good point then about the ACORA bill because a lot of things, like you said, it's a lot of learning and just educating lawmakers about how this bill would help the banking industry. Um, what can our members, um, what can they do if they're out and about and they see their state lawmakers, what can they tell them about this bill and why it would be a benefit to their um, customers in the communities? Well, certainly it would lower the costs to the customers. Uh, if you're passing that savings on through uh, the, to the customer in a form of a lower interest rate, uh, that's certainly going to, to help um, save money for the for the individual. And also there's a piece in there that talks about the, the rural communities and residential properties uh, in rural communities. We know that that's a, a real problem right now um, in, in rural areas, uh, economic development and growth, et cetera. We, we believe that this bill will uh, spur uh, economic development in rural areas and in ag communities and we think that's really important uh, across the state and also with with uh, agriculture being you know one of the top uh, one of the top economic drivers in the state of Missouri um, and anytime we can lower the cost to our farming community and our rural communities just incredibly important so 
um, that was that was our message this past session and be it continued to be our message uh, throughout next year as well. Well, I know you and Emily, you've talked about this, that this session found you while you were educating lawmakers about the ECORA bill and the ATM smash and grab. You found yourself playing um, more defense than offense this legislative session. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that affected um, the priorities for the association? Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Lori. So this is what I would refer to as weaponizing the the procurement process. Uh, and what we're talking about here is, is legislation that punishes a business or a bank for holding certain uh, policies um, by prohibiting them to uh, from contracting with local government or the state government, the treasurer's office in particular. And we saw this in a variety of ways. One uh, with the ESG, we also uh, saw it with uh, COVID vaccine policy. If the business requires their employees have a, a take a COVID vaccine, then you would be prohibited from uh, participating in the procurement process. We saw it with uh, what we call the Firearms Industry Non-Discrimination Act or the FIND Act, which has been around for a couple of years, uh, as well as with um, uh, Russia and, and um, preventing or requiring divestment from Russian entities, um, which I think we can all probably agree that um, Russia's invasion on Ukraine was uh, not a positive thing by any means, but uh, some of the those le the legislation was unclear uh, how that would uh, the intent of the bill um, and how that would uh, play out once it became law. Uh, so we were uh, along with some other groups we were uh, defending uh, a position the NBA's position which is that we don't believe it's the government's role to interfere in the private decisions um, of the private industry or private business. Um, we believe that that's going to that the, the intent of those bills to, to uh, interfere in the role of uh, private business will probably continue into next session. Um, it was uh, very difficult to defeat uh, many of those bills this past year. Um, all of those were sponsored by uh, the Republican majority party, uh, which makes it incredibly difficult when you have super majorities in both the, the House and the Senate. Um, but, but we also believe that it's, it's uh, you shouldn't be interfering in, in the, the decision making process or the policy decision process of a, of a private business. So um, that's another message that we need to get out to our legislators. Uh, so for any of our bankers that uh, have a, a personal cell phone number or personal connection to a legislator, um, please share that message um, with with your legislators as you visit with them over over the interim. Some other bills that popped up late in session that we were opposed to and and fortunately did not make it through to the leg through the legislative process um, included a, a bill relating to, to business premises liability, um, which essentially just allowed uh, or created a, a civil cause of action if someone is injured on your premises. Um, this is particularly true for for businesses that may allow or don't allow uh, firearms on the business on the premises, and we know, um, you know, banks, uh, many of our banks still have a no weapon sign still uh, posted on their door. Some don't, um, but we thought that this would uh, be a, a uh, that this would be a detriment to our uh, business community and the banking community. Another bill that got added on very late in the process uh, didn't even have um, a, a hearing, but got attached as an amendment onto a Senate bill over in a House committee dealt with public access to court records. 
Um, this essentially would prohibit the state from disclosing personal, personally identifiable information, um, which could have been detrimental to uh, and prevent third parties from uh, confirming a person's identity for a background check or a credit check. Um, we were able to, to uh, get that pulled off of that bill um, when it hit the, the House floor. So um, there are quite a few bills that that uh, we were opposed to, and, and thankfully none of those measures were able to move uh, through to the legislative process, uh, and we were able to defeat all of those. Um, David, you'd mentioned, you know, our bankers talking to their lawmakers about the this, these types of um, bills and how that's detrimental to the banking industry. Um, we had success again this year with our Target Banker program. Can you, um, Emily, tell me a little bit about why it's essential um, for the Target Banker program and our advocacy efforts and how the visits from these lawmakers played a key role in the legislative um, session this year? Yeah, Lauren, we were really excited to have bankers back in the Capitol building this session. Uh, we took two years off during COVID, and um, uh, to be honest, David and I could could tell the difference. Um, it was great to have constituents back in visiting with their legislators, talking to them about issues that impact their banks and their communities. Um, uh, so we were really happy to, um, to, to help make those meetings happen. Legislators hear from, from lobbyists like David and I all day, every day. So it's really important when their constituents come in to visit and let them know what's happening back home and how legislation could impact them back home. Um, so it's just a it's a really important ongoing effort with uh, term limits and and not to mention being out of the building for COVID. Uh, there are always new legislators to get to know and and to help educate on these issues. So we we just really appreciate the efforts that all of our bankers made who visited the Capitol with us this session. Well, Emily, you made some great points about our bankers and just having them talk to the legislators to see once how these bills affect their communities. Um, Governor Parson, he just signed the redistricting bill, so we know campaigns are going to be beginning soon for the different districts in Missouri. What can um, our bankers do to educate those running for office about the issues and how can they find out more information about who may be running and what they can do to become involved? Sure. Um, I, I think it's important just in general, anytime our members have the opportunity to meet their candidates, um, get out there and do it, uh, get to know what their candidates stand for. And, and then on the, on the flip side, um, share their priorities with candidates as well. And then we would love as you meet candidates um, out in the community who you think are um, are going to be supportive of, of what the banking industry needs here in Missouri, let us know. Um, we, we love to, to get to know those folks who support our issues and support our mission. Uh, and then, of course, also just get out and vote when it's time. The, the primary is August 2nd and uh, plenty of time to get registered if you're not. And um, just get out there and, and do your part. The only thing I'd like to add on to, to Emily's point is uh, for particularly over on the Senate side this year, the, the state Senate side, uh, a lot of the primaries are going to be the decision of who's going to be elected. Um, there's not many competitive uh, um, general election candidates this year. It's all going to be decided or mostly going to be decided on the primary level in, on August 2nd. So make sure you get out and vote. Uh, for the primary, I know most people look at the primaries and say, eh, I'll just we'll wait until the general. Well, you may not have that luxury this year with uh, you know, some of these folks are not even running against a, a, an opponent or a competitive opponent in the general. It's going to mostly be in the primaries uh, side. 
Thank you for sharing that, David. I think that is really important because I do believe some people, you know, the August primary, it Time, busy time of the year, your vacations or start before school, but it is very important that people get out and vote, especially as you said, if there's no one running in opposition in November, that person in August is already going to be decided for your Senate Congress for your Senate district. David and Emily, as the session is over, or as you think about the fall and the next session that will start in January, anything that you want our bankers to be aware of or what are the next processes for you to? Yeah, certainly our focus now turns to the election cycle. And, and as I mentioned, shoot, the primaries are going to be coming up in, in just a few weeks time or six weeks time, um, whenever that is. Um, so it's it's going to be right here on top of this before we know it. Um, you know, and then the other thing is certainly we'll have uh, our legislation from this year. We'll be back next year. We'll be meeting with our legislative affairs committee as well as the board to determine uh, other items that we would like to pursue. Uh, going into to next session um, that will be determined at a, at a later date. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of bills back as we have, have said that a lot of bills that didn't get done this year. There's going to be a lot of bills that we're introduced this year that will be back next session. So it'll be a very, very busy uh, 2023 session um, with all new, you know, the, all the additional new bills that are filed, but certainly a priority we placed on bills that uh, that didn't get done this year. Um, that have already been vetted uh, through the, you know, through the legislative process, but for whatever reason, just didn't get accomplished um, this year. Well, I know um, behind the scenes, you and Emily have done so much for our membership in this past legislative session. Um, we saw how much you accomplished and what you were able to prevent from passing in um, the legislature that would have been detrimental to the banking industry. So on behalf of our membership, um, we thank you for that. Well, thank you, Lori, and a big thank you to our membership and, and especially our target bankers that came into the Capitol and visited with their legislators. And as Emily had mentioned, and she's spot on, uh, made a huge difference this year in educating uh, lawmakers about our our priorities and um, what we would like to see see done in the in the general assembly. So big thank you to to everyone.